Welcome back to part two of the interview with Brady. Today we're going to talk about getting started in real estate by using house hacking. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, my name is AJ and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we begin, please make sure to smash that like button for the YouTube algorithm. It helps us out tremendously and we can't spread this message without you guys helping us out. So I greatly appreciate it. So last time we talked to Brady, he became a real estate agent as a side hustle, making money, selling houses, and explained how that process looks and how it worked out for him. Pretty interesting stuff. Brady introduced himself in that part. He's a young man who is just hustling, saving and investing money to the best of his ability. So this next episode and this next part of the interview, we wanted to talk about how he got started in real estate investing through house hacking, which is a huge thing that I advocate. And so I can't wait to get into it. Let's go. So we talked before the show and you had mentioned that you got your start in real estate in house hacking. Can you tell us, can you kind of walk us through, I guess the first question is, how did you figure this out? Like, what was the steps that led you to believe that this was the route you should go? Yeah, absolutely. So I was 20 years old and I, I did the, I only did two years college. So I went associate's degree right into full-time employment. And I've always been a saver. I was not heavily investing at that time, but I was saving. So I had money in savings, not nothing, I think like 15 grand. And I'm running a place near a college campus. But from, at 20 years old. Right, at 20 years old. So and that's 15 just, grand, wow. But that, I mean, that's just full-time. That was Part of it was living at home, I, I, I can't lie. So I lived at home for a little bit until I was about 18. And then I ventured out on my own. I worked at Subway. So I was just kind of, but I was a kid who, yeah. So I actually have a funny story about DC. When we were, I was probably 12 and he was 16. And I was always a saver. So birthday money, I'm throwing it in the bank. I never spent money as a kid. And my parents would buy me the video game. They, they do little things like that. But I, and to this day, I don't buy the fancy clothes. I don't buy, I'm pretty, my friends will joke like I'm very frugal. Um, so anyways, he's, he's trying to buy, I think a $600 car and he didn't have the money. So I said, Hey, I will loan you the $600, but I want I, 8%. I don't know what the interest rate was because it was so long ago, but I want interest on it. So you're going to pay me 700 back. So he's making his payments and it was Thanksgiving and my parents would always buy lotto tickets for everybody. And he owed me 50 bucks. And I was, I was like, I'm like, Hey man, you owe me the final 50. Where is it? So we all get a scratch off. And he marks his scratch off off and he hits 50 bucks and hands me the ticket and says, here you go. You're paid off. And I was so mad because it was like you just cheated. But um, that kind of gives a sense of I I was always a saver growing up. And obviously he has became became the saver almost more than me now. So but I was uh, as a kid, I've always just been saving. So but you got your 50 bucks. Sorry. Yeah, I did. I did. Off okay. a lot. Of yeah. I just cash. My parents cash a lot. Don't tell anybody. But, you know. Yeah, honestly, it was more I live with a friend and it was three of us living in the house and I was paying rent to her dad. And I'm thinking, OK, I'm paying 500 bucks in rent to him. We got three people in the house, 1500 a month. And at that time, house prices were fairly affordable. I had the full time employment, didn't have a ton of credit, but I, I knew of a lender who my realtor knew of and they said, hey, try this. So at 20, I ended up getting a house, a four bedroom right by a college campus, and I became that landlord. Wow. So I grabbed some friends. I, I was, it was actually eight houses down some, from like four of my other friends. So we had our own street in college life, which was pretty awesome. And I was still working full time, but just then I 
I had one buddy moving with me, 350 bucks a month. And then we got another roommate and it kind of covered my mortgage. And I was like, Hey, I'm getting paid for living somewhere. Oh, that's awesome. So were you able to, to cover the mortgage and get some cash on top of that? Yeah. So I kept that two to three roommates. I want to say my mortgage was like 500 bucks a month. It was super cheap for the house. It was $60,000 house needed some love. I'm not super handy, but as I, as I got into it, I had some help from friends and we kind of upgraded a bit, but no, I think I was at $500 mortgage, which is crazy in, in 2022. This is back in like 2011. So I want to say at times I was making at least 200 a month. If I had three roommates, I was probably making four to 500 a month. And you managed this yourself. You didn't have any kind of manager. You collected the rents and um, that worked out okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I was not, I wasn't by the book. They were my friends. So they were getting a pretty cheap deal. I was getting a cheap deal living with my friends. So it really didn't feel like I was the landlord. I don't know. It was hanging out with friends as you do when anyway. So to me, it wasn't even like I wasn't really landlording. I mean, I, I had a little contract, maybe a page. And I printed it offline and we just kind of did it that way. But I never had an issue with the roommates. I mean, we were all pretty, we got along well. We all hung out outside of it. We were great friends. Okay. That's awesome. Do you still have that house today? I don't. So when I, that was in Michigan, I moved down to Florida. I sold that house and I kind of moved down to Florida on a whim to be closer to DC and some family. So that gave me a little bit of profit to have before I found a job down here. Before selling it, did you make a good amount of appreciation on the house? Yeah. So I bought it for 60,000 foreclosure. Um, I, I, I somehow got that house. It was like a four bed and this is a decent area, like right by a college campus. There are bars. It was, it was a fun time. So <laughs> that was, I want to say 2011 or so the market, I think I got a steal up front. Like it was probably worth about 80 when I got it. I mean, there was some tile missing little cosmetic stuff that I didn't care. I was 20. I'm not, I don't care about that. So as I went to sell it and I planned on moving, then I kind of hired some contractors, redid the siding, put on um, new tile, new countertops, backsplash, and upgraded it. I upgraded it a lot differently than I would now today. But back in the day, it was kind of what I was, I was learning on the fly. So I upgraded it and I think it ended up selling for about 130, 132-ish. Oh, wow. So you over doubled your money. Yeah, I mean, I did put a good amount in, probably put, I'm going to guess 15 to 25 into it, give or take, when all was said and done. Just under doubled your money on just the appreciation, and that doesn't count the cash flow that you got during the whole time. I was looking for free and making money to live. Yeah, and that kind of got me into real estate because I was thinking, hey, I just bought a house. I have to live somewhere. I made money on it per month, and I just sold it for a big profit. Like, this is what is that? Is that how life works? And I'm 23 (laughs) when I sold it. I got a pretty good check. And I didn't go buy the land. I didn't go. I could have bought a really souped up truck. No, I didn't care. I just put in the bank and figured out my next investment. Okay. And then I just did the math wrong, right? Um, I did the math on appreciation in terms of how much the house was worth versus what you sold it for. But you didn't put down $60,000 on the house when you bought it, right? How much did you put down? I think I put ten thousand, including my clothes. It was sixty thousand. So I think what what's ten percent? Six six grand is ten percent. So I really, yeah, I put ten grand. I want to say okay. give or take. So let's say you put ten grand down, then lived there for free, plus made money because you got the extra money on top of that. Right. And then when you sold it, you got a check that went into your bank account for it was like one thirty minus closing costs, which are 
you know, probably about 10 ish, 10 ish thousand. So 120, let's say. So you turn $10,000 into $120,000 in three years plus cash flow, which is not good. Well, I did have to pay off the note of the mortgage on the property, but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I had the mortgage. Okay. So yeah. So 10 to, let's say you ended up netting $60,000. That's a I six times the growth. So yeah. In just a three year period. Wow, that's a crazy amount. All right. So my last question in this space is, um, are you still house hacking today? Does it just look different? I am. So I I built a house last year in my city um, and I just decided to have one roommate. It's a pretty good size house, but I, I'm single. So why would I live alone when I can have a roommate who I'm giving them cheaper than market rent? We get along great. I have somebody there with my dog as well. So that's kind of a good point of, you know, if I go away, somebody's there watching my dog which I, I care deeply about. So I think that's important. Um, but then <laughs> I actually currently, and this will tell you how I have, I have clients who are also good friends of mine. I'm selling their house and they needed a place to live for a few months while they're building a house in my community. So they're also living in my, my house. So I dropped my roommate's rent kind of, I have a full house right now, only temporarily. Ideally I want to be down to one roommate. And if I do meet somebody special, I would obviously adjust then. But no, I'm still, I'm still house hacking. So people say that, you know, you can't buy a home, you know, nowadays millennials can't buy homes, but it sounds like you house hacked at 20, you're still house hacking at 30. You were able to build a custom home and then put people in it that you got to pick and you got to choose. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I do see the whole millennials can't buy homes, which I didn't grow. And I see these comments on Facebook of, oh, it must be nice to have mommy and daddy money to start. I didn't. I mean, the only thing I had was a roof under my head growing up until about 18 to 19. I didn't have no trust fund. Like I just saved up. I, I hustled even then. I worked at Subway. I also found little jobs I can do to save up money. I didn't spend money. I didn't buy Jordans. I didn't buy the nice new car. I had a 93 Chevy Corsica that was like seven 700 bucks or something. The thing barely could get up to 60. So... Um, I think it's, it's spending habits versus more of your, I, I get it's tougher if you don't have that, you know, that, that family money, but there's, there's always a way you just got to hustle at it and grind. And, and that's how you, how you get ahead. Wow. That's awesome. And I think that's a good, you know, takeaway for people, especially young people who are just starting to figure stuff out. Or like in my case, old people who didn't figure stuff out until they hit 30 years old, Fair. but Fair. you know, you're so far ahead of us now because you started this stuff when you were 20. I started when I was 30. But, you know, yeah, I mean, any other part of that too is that it doesn't really matter when you start. Any age, you could get going here. 100%. And I would say there's there's been mistakes. Like, I this hasn't been all, mm-hmm. all smooth. I've, I bought a condo, had it for six months, sold it for a loss because I split it up with an ex. Like, there's been, there's been bumps. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always bumps. Wait, you just got to learn from them. That's, that's like anything. Any job you have, you make a mistake, you learn from it and get better. Um, like tenants I've had, I've, I've had a lot of learning experiences with that. So uh, that's a good point. I was actually thinking about it the other day and thinking about how, like just in like playing sports or playing video games or, you know, any kind of game, really you learn by failing first, right? Yeah. Like the people who learn the quickest learn because they fail fast and they recognize their failures quickly. So like if you're playing a fighting game, you quickly notice like, okay, well, that method didn't work. Why didn't it work? What could I do next time? And you keep trying. And the people who are great at video games have identified the holes and, you know, eventually become really good. Right. They didn't start off knowing how all the mechanics of the game worked from the get-go. It's something that you figure out as you're progressing through. 
Absolutely. But for some reason for life, we think that like, you know, oh, we're supposed to show up and already know we're not supposed yeah. to fail. Now, if I was my realtor on my house when I was 20, I would have had no idea what I was even where to start, you know? So you just, you just learn as, as you go. That's awesome. And then uh, I think I said in an episode, maybe last week, early this week, that um, like finding a space that's safe for you to fail in so that you can fail without losing. And it sounds like you did a really good job at that. So you were able to put yourself into a house where you had more than enough rent to cover, which allows you to then take the next step in case like, you know, let's say you lost your job at Subway. You're not totally out. You had figured out how to buffer that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I would say I was doing a subway was more as 18 to 19. This was more of a full time, but I was only making 11, 12 bucks an hour. If like I wasn't making great money when sure. I first bought my house. Um, but yeah, if I lost my job, I'm still like, okay, my mortgage is covered. Let me go find something to at least break even on my monthly bills. So, and just house hacking is a great way to do that. And people frown upon roommates and I, I have friends who are like, why do you live with people? I'm like, cause I'd be bored by myself and it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's nice to have somebody around. It's helping out somebody else. Like I can choose who I live with. We usually have a great vibe. So I, most of my good friends were former roommates, to be honest with you. Thank you so much for tuning into that episode. We greatly appreciate it. We are trying to spread as much information as we possibly can to people, finding people that are um, you know, successful and are capable of explaining what it is that they do. If you like this episode, please uh, consider liking and subscribing. You can ask questions down below. We'll have Brady on again to answer some of those questions. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.